Hello and welcome to COS Live. You can watch the original video broadcast live on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Eastern on either the Convention of States Facebook page or the Convention of States Project YouTube channel. Visit conventionofstates.com slash pod to learn more. And now, here's COS Live. Well, hello, Convention of State supporters. Uh, welcome back to another episode of COS Live. My name is Andrew Woodruff. I will be your host for this episode. And of course, I am joined by the wonderful, the magnificent Rita Peters, who is the Senior Vice President of Legislative Affairs. Rita, it's great to be with you today. How are you? I'm great. Just living the dream and excited to be on today's program. I'm excited to be on today's program as well. And we have a jam-packed program. Lots of news to get to. We have a fantastic interview. Uh, the other day, an MSNBC post, he said the quiet part out loud about wanting to control Americans' lives. So we're going to be talking about that and exposing the hypocrisy within big tech. Uh, also, new polling discovers that, shocker, most the majority of people want to control their own lives. They don't want elites in the D.C. swamp uh, controlling all aspects of our lives. I didn't really need to tell you that. You probably should just kind of know that intrinsically. Uh, but you know what? We have the polling to back up that statement that most people do not want the federal government controlling their lives. We're going to be looking at some polling from Trafalgar Group. We'll get to that in a few moments. Of course, we have our exclusive interview with a new national staff member who's just got an amazing perspective on what is in store for Convention of States and the mission and the vision of Convention of States. We'll get to that in a few moments. Before we get to all of those great agenda items, of course, we have our Article 5 trivia giveaway question with COS Vice President Mike Ruthenberg. Mike, over to you. Thank you, Andrew. It is great to be here, and I'm excited for this show because you guys are going to hear from incredible person in Chris Thomas. And I can't wait to share with you guys and to have Chris talk about his vision for bringing Convention of States and one of our aspirational goals, which is to bring a spiritual and political awakening to America, to life here with and through the Convention of States project. Really excited about that. As a matter of fact, I was just talking with Mike Lotshaw from Georgia about that. A couple of minutes ago, it is on everybody's mind. We want to make sure that we're doing the right thing. And our Convention of States process, the project, has truly been blessed, as have I. Now it's time for our COS trivia. And I'm excited to give away something that went on sale today in the COS store. And it is the Activist Fuel Mug. If you're a righty, everybody knows you're tanking up with Activist Fuel I happen to drink tea. If you're a lefty, then they see the COS logo. It's cool. It's got a red inside. What a great logo and what a great mug. And you can get one at shopconventionofstates.com or you can win one by answering today's trivia question. I'm going to go to that right now. And this one, we should have a whole lot of people with their fingers on the keyboards ready to put in the comments because... A lot of you guys are going to know this and it, you know, to talk a little bit about the start of what we're doing. And of course, we're using Article 5 of the Constitution to save the Constitution. And we know that it takes 34 states. We've passed in 15 states right now. Once we get to 34 states that have passed the resolution or the application, which really just means a connection to the people, then the state legislatures 
or legislatures can call a convention. All the commissioners will come. Each state can choose as many commissioners as they want. One state, one vote as far as what happens in that convention. And whatever they come up with, as long as, as long as, of course, it is germane to our application, to our call for a convention, then as long as 50% plus one in that convention decide suggestions for amendments to the Constitution, but there is another step. And my question today, the question, the trivia question for the day is how are proposed amendments ratified? How are they ratified? How do they become part of the Constitution? I'll be back later to give you the answer. Thanks, Mike. Well, a few days ago, an MSNBC contributor, Donnie Deutsch, he said the quiet part out loud. And now the network is scrambling to cover up his boo-boo uh, because he said some pretty, some pretty crazy things. So I'm just going to uh, jump into what he said. Uh, on MSNBC, during, a live, uh, during live news, he said, there is an idiot percentage of this population that just needs to be told what to do. And guess what? You don't have a choice. Too bad. Here's the scary part. They scrubbed the video from the internet. But our team is absolutely amazing, and we were able to find an audio clip of Donnie Deutsch saying this live on TV. Check this out. I'm done worrying about what people think. I'm done worrying about is there going to be a firestorm, whether it's a mandated mask, whether it's a mandated vaccine. There's an idiot percentage of this population that just needs to be told what to do. And guess what? You don't have a choice. Too bad. Okay, Rita, this just really blew my mind and it freaked me out because I saw a, a Daily Wire article that was talking about what Donnie Deutsch said. And there was a link embedded in the article that took you to the YouTube video. I clicked the link and it said, air, this video has been removed. And I was like, wow, this is absolutely frightening that they're able to just take this from the internet, scrub it, pretend like this never happened, even though Donnie Deutsch said what so many elites in Washington and in the media are thinking that we need to be controlled. Rita, what are your thoughts on this? Well, Andrew, the truth is that line of thing has totally infected the federal government, but it didn't just start with COVID-19. COVID-19 is just helping make us more aware of it. The truth is that for years, our betters in Washington, D.C. have thought that they know what's best for us. And they've used the heavy handed power of the federal government to impose their will on we the people. So elitists like Donnie Deutsch are bent on running your life for you, making you just a pawn in their utopian statist schemes. Of course, this is completely antithetical to our system of government. It's a rejection of the American idea in exchange for those more archaic forms of government where an elitist few control the population. The American framers, we know, turned that old system on its head and created the system we were meant to have where the people are in charge, where freedom reigns, and we select leaders among ourselves to serve the people with certain enumerated powers that are clearly laid out. They only have the powers that we gave to them. 
this notion that the experts need to tell us how to live and make choices for us is a dangerous trend that has infected the highest levels of our government. It's a cancer that must be cut out. You know, my old friend and our former senior advisor, Dr. Tom Coburn, was fond of saying that in order to cure the cancer, you have to go all the way. Convention of States is the cure that will restore America to a healthy, self-governing country where we can flourish together in harmony. And you know, Rita, um, Donnie Deutsch and his friends at MSNBC, uh, they and just his friends really in the media writ large, they are just so focused on the Biden administration. They're so focused on COVID policy. They're so focused on the D.C. swamp. They're focused on all the things that the American people are not focused on. But we at Convention of States with Trafalgar Group, we are focused on spreading the truth about what people are thinking, what they think about the federal government, what they think about what should be controlled in our lives. And in poll after poll shows that these people in the media, the DC swamp, they are just getting it wrong and they are not listening to the American people. So um, I'm not sure if you know this, but Trafalgar Group and Convention of States, they've partnered together and now you are seeing polling from the Trafalgar Group come out on Fox News, Blaze TV, Yahoo News, Daily Wire. There are many other uh, publication um, outlets that are showing and and giving a, an audience, not an audience, but giving a platform to these polls that are coming out. Uh, and it's important that Convention of States uh, partners with Trafalgar Group for two reasons. One, this is giving a platform to Convention of States and more people are starting to learn about the solution in Article 5 that can fix the problem in the federal government. Unfortunately, there's not enough people out there that know about Article 5. They don't know that you can use this process to circumvent Congress when they decide not to act to propose amendments. And our resolution covers, of course, limiting the size, scope, and the jurisdiction of the federal government. So that's an important part of why we are partnering with the Trafalgar Group. The second thing that's so important, Rita, this is the part that I love the most. We are helping to change the narrative to a much better narrative because the, the narrative that the media has right now is that DC gets to decide uh, the COVID policy. DC gets to decide healthcare policy. DC gets to decide X. DC gets to decide Y. That's what they are focused on and that's what they like to uh, spread out to the American people as wide and as far as it can, it can go. But we need to stop meeting these uh, DC elites and these media elites in this premise where we argue about the federal government's policies. Instead, what's far more effective, and this is getting back to controlling the narrative and changing the narrative is, who should be deciding this? Should DC and the media be deciding whether to mandate masks or to mandate vaccines? Is that the federal government's role? That's, that's not good government when you allow the federal government to go beyond its constitutional authority. Instead, we should be deciding, the American people should be deciding. So we get to change, we get to help change the narrative when we partner with Trafalgar Group. And here's one great survey that we conducted that just shows exactly why it is important to flesh out who decides and why that's important. Okay, so there was a recent survey tr conducted by Trafalgar Group, Rita, and 71.4% of Americans agree that, ma uh, that vaccine mandates should not occur, that it should be a personal choice, that the federal government should not be allowed to mandate vaccines. And this is all Americans, 
not just Republicans. I mean, that number is outstanding to me. I mean, 71.4%. And then on a recent video, uh, on a a recent video, Mark Meckler, our president of Convention of States, he was uh, sitting down and talking with Steve Dace, who is one of our endorsers. He's also a, a great friend for Convention of States. He had this to say. Uh, do you believe taking COVID vaccine should be mandatory or should the, should the, should taking the vaccine be a personal choice? This is all people now. 71.4% said personal choice. Only 21.8% said mandatory vaccine. And I'm guessing 90% of them either work at MSNBC, CNN, <laughs> Fox, frankly, if you look at what that channel is saying half the time now, or are a blue checkmark on Twitter. 6.8% say they are unsure among Democrats, just Democrats. The question is still at almost 59% say it should be a personal choice. 58.7, only one third of Democrats in this poll believe that it should be mandatory. All right, Mark, your thoughts on these results. Yeah, so one, I was just encouraged because what it shows is that the American people still by and large, including Democrats, are people who think for themselves. They're not listening to the hundreds of millions of posts on social media pushed by Facebook and all these other tyrannical oligarchs. They're listening to their own judgment and they trust their own judgment. So the biggest surprise to me was how high the number was among Democrats that believe it shouldn't be mandatory. Mm -hmm. Remember, these are people who are watching MSNBC and CNN and they're trusting their social media overlords. They still don't buy it. I expected that Republicans would be high. It was right around where I expected it would be. But I think overall, it's very hopeful in seeing that people are still self-governing folks in the United States. Uh, so, Rita, as a constitutional scholar, as a constitutional scholar, what do you think about this survey that was conducted by the Chipotle Group? Well, Andrew, just as an American citizen, I'll say that I really hope our politicians, our elected representatives, will take note of what the American people think about this issue, and. Mm-hmm. The truth is, while that's certainly possible at the state level, I have to be honest, I think it's unlikely that the U.S. Congress, President Biden, or the deep state bureaucrats will even notice, much less care. You know, that's why we need to call an Article 5 Convention of States. These distant overlords in D.C. will use every future pandemic and every national emergency to wield control over we the people. A Convention of States, though, is called and controlled by the states and has the power to propose constitutional amendments that limit the power, scope, and jurisdiction of the federal government. So the amendments that come out of this convention called pursuant to our application can ensure that the federal government will never be able to impose a nationwide vaccine mandate of any kind. And furthermore, keep the federal bureaucrats out of our important health care decisions. Those decisions should never be made by the federal government. To join the movement and get connected with the team in your state, go to conventionofstates.com. Well, we are pleased to welcome on one of our newest additions to the national staff, Chris Thomas, uh, who recently joined our mentoring department. Chris, how are you? I'm doing well. Well, thank you for joining us. Uh, My first question is, you've been a pastor for 20 years, and now you've joined Convention of States. 
uh, in the mentoring program. Tell us a little bit about yourself, what states you live in, and what you're doing with Convention of States. Yeah, I grew up in Northern California, actually, and uh, was in youth ministry right out of high school and began to serve a church as an intern uh, at the age of 18, then went away to Bible college, a uh, little Christian college, uh, San Jose Christian. Uh, and then it became William Jessup University. So it changed physical locations by about 145 miles uh, to the east in the Sacramento area. Um, and it changed from quarters to semester, changed from a little Bible um, college uh, degree where everybody got a Bible and theology degree. And then a second major they picked to a more uh, liberal arts university, Christian university, but uh, teaching uh, all the liberal arts. And, uh, and so I graduated out of one of the last classes to technically be San Jose Christian and not just uh, William Jessup. And I, then from there, I moved to Santa Barbara, California, suffered for the Lord in doing youth ministry full time in Santa Barbara and uh, felt the call of God to get ordained in the Presbyterian Church and then went off to seminary in Pittsburgh to get my master's of divinity. Uh, got my master's there and got ordained in the Presbyterian Church and was called to a church here where I live now in Michigan. Uh, Southeast Michigan, kind of the metro Detroit area. And I served as an associate pastor for uh, four and a half years in a church doing family ministry, uh, working with young families and then uh, and overseeing our youth ministry and children's programs. And then I moved uh, about four and a half years after that to a church in Dearborn, Michigan, where I was their senior pastor for five years. So I just resigned from that role, feeling God calling me to different places in my life and having just some natural life transition things happening that uh, that moved me on. And in that time frame, uh, I got a phone call from my mentor who uh, had a very significant impact on me named Carlo Wolf. And he had been working with Mike and Mark through a series of discipleship material he wrote. Uh, and they mentioned to him we're looking to hire some people who can do one-on-one -on -one discipleship and do group discipleship and teach Bible studies and, and help teach our servant leadership classes with the Convention of States. Would you know anybody who might be willing to do that? And Carlo was like, yeah, I have a couple people in mind. And so through that connection, uh, both Rosalind Weisenberger and myself were hired to help develop this mentor um, department, mentoring department, which was started by Jenny Rapini. Uh, and we've been brought on to help her develop it and to help flesh it out more and, and to uh, widen uh, our mentoring in, in the Convention of States. So that's what led me here. I had never heard of Convention of States prior to my mentor mentioning it to me, but I had heard of Mark Meckler having been a part of early Tea Party stuff in California. So his name was not unfamiliar to me, but it's been really great getting to know the organization and getting to know everybody involved in the last three months, four months, April. When, was that four months ago? So, Well, Chris, having joined the organization recently, is there anything that has surprised you? And this is a judgment-free zone. So <laughs> tell us what, if anything, has surprised you about COS. Yeah, I, I don't think I've ever worked for an organization as healthy as Convention of States. Uh, every organization has its dysfunction and Convention of States, I'm sure does somewhere, but uh, the culture of Convention of States in the people who I've been working with are so healthy. And I think the way that Convention of States started, the vision and mission uh, is all so healthy and the way people interact with each other is pretty healthy. And, uh, and so that has surprised me is almost, uh, 
just being being refreshing uh, that that everybody is truly serving one another and loving one another and communicating well to one another and uh, really very very competent at what they do. Uh, so it's been incredible. Um, that so that's been something I didn't expect just because I know every organization has a certain amount of you know baggage and dysfunction and stuff and so it was something i didn't expect and yet has been really good mm -hmm. and so why do you think uh, cos hired you and what is your main focus in the role that you now have with convention of states why did cos hire me i don't know ask mark and mike <laughs> they saw they saw something in me a, a passion to see people connected to jesus and uh, Jenny did as well. Jenny Rapini was a part of bringing me on board. And uh, they obviously trusted my mentor, Carlo, and his recommendation hugely because they gotten to know him and his heart. And so uh, they saw something in both me and Rosalind uh, that they desired to have passed on to people within the organization, uh, a love for Jesus, a passion to see people connected to Jesus, uh, and a love for our country and a passion for our country as well. So um, so I think that is what maybe they saw and what they wanted um, to perpetuate in convention states. And what we are doing in the mentoring department is we are really focusing on developing servant leaders. So the core of what we do is teach a servant leadership class. And uh, it is the core of the culture of convention estate. It's uh, based around a book written by uh, an early supporter of convention estates and, um, and somebody who's been around helping us in our culture for a long time, David Kuhnert and uh, who also works with Tim Dunn. Some people might know Tim's name. And so this book that he wrote, self-published, has been something we've used within the Convention of States since the beginning to help form our culture. And uh, about two years ago, I think Jenny started teaching classes of servant leadership throughout the country with our grassroots to try to uh, perpetuate that culture as widely as possible. And the demand just started to grow. And so we really needed more teachers. And we have, uh, I think we have seven people now teaching servant leadership courses and each of us are mostly teaching more than one course so we have many opportunities to take servant leadership if you're in the grassroots and it's such a great way to get to know the culture of convention estates and to begin to fit into that culture and then i also think it's just a great way to live to be a servant and obviously at the heart of that is the example of jesus and that jesus was the ultimate servant for all of us uh and then gives us a, an example of what it means to be a servant leader. And the Bible um, is a huge part of David's book, Servant Leadership. So that kind of expanded then into Bible studies that Jenny started doing with many of our staff uh, members and our grassroots leadership. And then that extended into um, discipleship, closer one-on-one -on -one discipleship relationships she started forming. So they wanted to see that repeated in other areas. And so Rosalind and I both teach a Bible study weekly and we also uh, meet with multiple people involved in convention estates one-on-one and we disciple them uh, in a in how to get a closer relationship with God how to live in what we call a formation friendship with Jesus I just have to give a quick plug for that servant leadership course if you are watching and you are involved in convention of states talk to one of your state leaders or your regional director about how you can get connected with that class it is so good so practical and just i use all the time the the things that i learned from 
the servant leadership class in the book. Now, Chris, you gave a very inspiring presentation at our recent national strategy meeting in Colorado. Can you share just a little bit of that, especially how Convention of States views the Temple of America differently from other recent movements? And that might sound a little bit funny to people who aren't familiar with the idea, but could you just share a little bit of how you presented that to us? Yeah, I, I, God gave me a vision of um, how how to kind of reflect on the mission and vision of the Convention of States, which, it, for those of you who who are new, may not know that it is not actually to hold a convention. That is a goal of the Convention of States, but it's not the vision. The vision and mission is actually to raise up an army of grassroots leaders who are politically engaged in in. American culture. And the vision is that we would hope to inspire through raising up that army, a both a political and a spiritual awakening in the United States that would bring about reforms that are necessary. Uh, and I wanted to share kind of from my new eyes, why I think that vision in particular is so brilliant and why I think it connects so well uh, to uh, our government. And I use the story of Nehemiah and Nehemiah was um, a a Jewish leader, uh, a leader of the Hebrew people back in the exile of Babylon and into the um, the Persian control over the people of Israel. And he was actually a, a very respected member of the court of the king of the Persian Empire. And when he got news about the city, the condition of the city of Jerusalem, which was the center of where the, the Jewish people believed God's presence was with and his his promise and his inheritance was with the people was there in that city, uh, that the walls were still torn down and hadn't been rebuilt yet, even though Ezra some years before had done a great job rebuilding the temple itself, the walls weren't there to protect that temple and keep God's people autonomous and be able to defend themselves against invaders. He then got influence with the king and the king sent him back to Jerusalem to rebuild the walls. And he ended up rebuilding the walls there. And one of the things I, I, I think have seen in the convention is that other movements within politics in the United States have often sought to reform the temple of our government being Washington, D.C., that we've we've seen Washington D.C. and we've seen the abuses and corruption happen there, and we want to say let's fix that. And so we go into Washington D.C. and we think we can make an impact there. But what Convention of States has seen more clearly is that the real temple, the real the real actual location and center of government in the in American politics is the people, and. The Declaration of Independence says this, that the any government gets its legitimacy from the consent of the governed. And then the Constitution starts in the preamble, we the people. So it places the center, the temple, the place of promise, the place of, of working out of not in a physical location, not in a rule of law even, but instead in the people. And the Convention of States is brilliant in having a vision that focuses on the people, because if we want a people or if we want a government that defends liberty, then we need a people who love liberty and desire liberty. If we want a truly just culture and a just government, then we need to have a people who are just. If we want a godly government, then we need to have a people who are godly. So it's the transformation of the people that become our focus, like Nehemiah was the, the rebuilding of the walls. We need to rebuild the culture of the people within the United States so that they govern themselves in a, in a correct way. Mm -hmm. 
I want to return real quick, Chris, to something that you mentioned just a few moments ago. You talked about the convention being a, a big goal. It's one of our largest goals, but it's not the mission. It's not the vision. Um, we want to restore a culture of self-governance. We want to have a large army of engaged citizen activists. Um, and we are trying to get to 34 states to call a convention to limit the size, scope, and the jurisdiction of the federal government. All of these things that you were kind of weaving into your response to Rita. Um, so, but one of the things that came out of the retreat that we were at, the staff strategy meetings that we were in, was having an awakening within the United States and somehow using convention of states to help bring that awakening into America. We talked about that. You mentioned it just a few moments ago. Can you just kind of flesh that out, explain why that is important? And did you ever expect that a political organization would want to bring an awakening, awakening, a spiritual awakening within the United States? No, <laughs> not at all. Uh, in fact, I looked at my role coming in as almost something ancillary to what Convention of States was doing when I came in, even though Mike Ruthenberg, when he interviewed me, uh, told me what the actual vision of the organization was and how Tim Dunn had encouraged them to make the vision about building that the people and not building uh, the temple in, in D.C., uh, early on, that that became the vision, the the vision of Convention of States. I didn't really see how that tied in with the politics, and and then over time, as I have watched our organization really truly care about the people who are involved, and uh, you know, of course, no organization can do that perfectly. So I'm sure there's some out there who have experienced, you know, differences in in, in their engagement in the Convention of States. But by and large, most of the people I have interacted with really do feel like everybody within the convention cares about them and that we are a family and this family is transforming one another to love god more and more i i am blown away at how often in our servant leadership classes we get some of the best spiritual discussions i've ever had in my life and as i've been discipling men within the convention states i've been getting more and more um view into their spiritual lives and seeing how much they pursue and love Jesus. So um, I, I feel like Convention of States doesn't blur the line between politics and, and faith. They, they see political action as something that comes from a transformation in your spiritual life. And if we want to see real transformation politically in the country, then we have to see spiritual transformation. We have to see people caring about one another caring about the things of God, caring about liberty and freedom, caring about righteousness and justice in a way that is healthy in order for our government to act all those things out too. So I, I, I love that. I think that it's a great way of integrating politics and faith that uh, I think honors the founding fathers and the way they acted too. Absolutely. Well, Chris, tell us what's next for you with COS. What are you working on? Well, in servant leadership, uh, in chapter three, current the current chapter three, they're revising the book, so it might change. But the current chapter three talks about different kinds of leadership that we can have uh, in influence over others, and and that is coercive, or reward, or expert, and so these different ways that we can have influence. But the fourth one, referent influence, is one that that is very, very difficult to attain and at the same time is the most powerful. And that's when you live life so well that you actually um, 
you other people want to listen to you other people want it to be influenced by you because they see something in your life that they that they they wish they had and and that they're they wish they could develop a health in in a wholeness in the way that you have it and so this is called referent influence or referent leadership and david in the book talks about them the way you develop this is in six different areas of life where he calls them six pillars and they are the physical pillar the social pillar the mental and emotional pillar uh or the intellectual and emotional pillar um the family or team pillar the spiritual pillar and the financial pillar and as we've been talking about this in servant leadership god really has been showing us that that we could do more to help equip all of our grassroots leaders and all of our grassroots people to be referent leaders within their culture by helping mentor them to become stronger in each of those pillars. So what we're working on right now is developing a program that would offer mentorship from uh, people who are trained in a set of tools that we would offer uh, to work on your pillars. You know, so just like the artisans of old in, in Greece and Rome uh, built these columns that then held up buildings for 2000 plus years now. So we have them even today that those artisans had to be an apprentice to a master who knew how to use the tools to approach a piece of stone and turn it into a column or a pillar. We want to be able to offer um, people who have been trained in how to use the tools to develop your areas of these six areas of your life, these six pillars, and then uh, let you go to work being the artisan who learns how to mold and shape your pillars into the healthiest pillars that you could possibly have. So you could be referent leaders in our society and culture. And we really believe that through that, uh, we'll gain more influence as an organization. We'll gain more influence over our neighbors, our, our coworkers, our family members, our friends, because they'll just see the quality of people that we are. And then they'll, we'll earn the right to be heard. Chris Thomas, we are so grateful to have you as part of our COS team. Thank you for your time. Thanks for all the insights shared with us and look forward to seeing you on the program sometime again in the future. I look forward to it as well. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, we are going to transition to our Article 5 trivia giveaway with Mike Ruthenberg. He has the answer. All right, I'm back. I hope that you're as impressed by Chris Thomas as I am because what a great human being, what a great addition to the COS staff he is. And now it's time for us to respond to our question. Our, you remember way back to the start of our show, the question was, how are proposed amendments ratified? And don't forget that today, if you go to shopconventionofstates.com, you can get one of these Activist Fuel mugs. You can see one side says Activist Fuel, the other side the COS logo, red inside with a beautiful, wonderful mug. So you can tank up while you're doing your COS work and you can win one if you are the one who answered this question correctly and first. The question, of course, is how are proposed amendments ratified? The answer is through a... Uh, either the legislatures, which is three quarters, 38 states, when we get 38 states to ratify or to agree by majority, then they become part of the constitution. And each, each amendment is ratified separately by the states, even if proposed as a package 
like the Bill of Rights. Each one of those amendments had to be added or had to be ratified individually. Otherwise, we wouldn't, we, the Bill of Rights would have been rejected because not all of them get through to ratification. But that's another story. Anyway, ratification can be done by state legislatures or by state ratification conventions. And if you want to learn more about that, just go to and learn about our process because the more people that know about it, the more people will understand that this is the solution as the problem. Back to you, Andrew. Thanks, Mike. Well, it's time for us to sign off. We had a really busy program today. Uh, it's time for America to get off the couch. We need a convention right now. And it's only going to happen when people like you, people like me, we get up off the couch and we decide enough is enough. We can't just wait every two to four years for a new election, for a midterm or a presidential election. That's not going to cut it. We're not going to see the change that we want to see. Like Chris was saying, we need to not just worry about focus or we need to not worry about uh, repairing the repairing the temple, the American temple, because we are, we the people are the American temple. And we need to show DC that we are not gonna put up with the federal government exercising this amount of power in our lives anymore. So the founders gave us this solution within article five of the constitution. They knew that if there was a time when the federal government went beyond its uh, jurisdiction, when it went beyond what the founders intended the federal government to be, that they, uh, the American people would have this option to call a convention to propose amendments. When 34 states propose resolutions to call a convention, we will get to a, a convention where we can propose amendments. The movement is well underway. We have 15 states that have passed our COS resolution. Like I said, 34 is that magic number. We're going to need you, though. We can't do this without people on the front lines volunteering for Convention of States. One of the amazing roles that we have is a content writer. As a content writer, you will be writing about things that are happening in news, things that are happening in the culture, things that are happening in social media, things that are uh, relevant to Convention of States, and you will be influencing and guiding supporters of Convention of States to see the truth that we are the solution as big as the problem. So if you have writing skills, if you know how to write succinctly, if you know how to inspire people, please go to conventionofstates.com, go to the Take Action tab, and click the State Content Writer position and apply. This is, go this is going to be an amazing opportunity for you. If you love to write, if you know how to write, please go apply today. Of course, make sure that you sign and share the petition with as many friends and family as possible. And then Rita, where can we go for social media? Well, we can go to Rumble, MeWe, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Parlor, and Instagram. Please do go there and follow us. You can also listen to this program and other legacy content on our new podcast. Search Convention of States on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Amazon Music, or Audible. And leave us a five-star review because that helps the show to grow. It helps us spread the word to more people. Text the word START to 54555 to bypass big tech and make sure that you receive important news and messages from COS. That's S-T-A-R-T -T to the number 54555.
Check out the battle cry with COS President Mark Meckler Sunday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern time. And we'll see you back here next Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern time for another edition of COS Live. Remember, if you're looking for the person who's going to restore the Republic, don't look to D.C., don't look to Congress, a president, or even the Supreme Court. What you really need to do is hold up a mirror. This has been the podcast version of COS Live, originally broadcast on Convention of States Facebook and Convention of States Project YouTube. Check out more content at conventionofstates.com slash pod. Thank you for listening.